And we are back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we are about to talk about Satan's throne. But before we do that, let me hit you with another clue for this breakfast Bible quiz. Today's breakfast Bible quiz is a What City Am I? I'm going to quickly run you through the other clues that we had before the 8 o'clock news. While battling the Philistines, David longed for water from a well near the gate of this city. Jesse was from this city and out of this city came a ruler over Israel whose origins are from ancient times. And now for our fourth clue. You ready for this? Yep. Bring it on. I already have the answer. Mary and Joseph returned to this city to register for the census. Ooh. That's, that's very obvious. What city did Mary and Joseph return to? Anything more than obvious in this clue is the next clue, <laughs> which will be our final clue. <laughs> yeah. If you know the answer, if you know what city that is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Uh, and you can text as well if you like. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I've been to the city. Oh, have you really? Absolutely. Yep. It's kind of cool. I Did liked you it. find a manger at all? Massive Uh, It's interesting because there are some very, very genuine sites in the city that uh, make it super cool Yeah, 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 that's cool Because, you know, so often you travel through this part of the world and it's like, yeah, this site, we think that may have happened there Uh Or in this region And so we put a church here to commemorate it But this is like, yeah, no, this is actually, these are genuine sites Yeah, yeah, yeah So that's really, really cool Okay, so um, changing the subject um, while I was down in Victoria, um, of course, uh, camp meeting down there and uh, had a great time, but a lot of people were asking me about Faith FM and how they can listen to Faith FM and then some people said, yeah, but when I'm driving in my car, I drive out of the signal, so just a quick reminder that the best way to listen to the radio and the way that people are doing it these days is on your phone. Indeed. Um, we use the TuneIn app. That's you right. You get the free version of the TuneIn app. And then you simply run it through your Bluetooth or your auxiliary cord. And I even met somebody down there who had a tape player in their car. Bless their heart. And so I showed them on eBay where you can get or how on eBay you can get a tape player insert. Mm-hmm. Plug it into your phone and you are up and running. You get a perfect signal all the time, anywhere you go. Those tape player inserts, Problem it's a tape solved. with a cable attached to it, eh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, yep. yep. Look, looks, like a, looks like a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're old enough to remember those ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know what uh, a pencil and a tape have to do with yes, each other? Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> many a time winding the tape back in. <laughs> Good times. Uh, we are, we're showing our age, Mon. We are indeed. <clears throat> anyway, I when I was a kid, I can remember listening to, let me think, Banjo Patterson Poetry. Mm. On a reel-to-reel tape player. Now, have you ever no. seen one of those? Yeah, that's beyond me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, they were, they were, they were truly awesome piece of equipment. So, so does that mean we should be welcoming a whole spate of new Victorian listeners to our show? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, g'day there. Yeah, because I told, I said there was like maybe two hundred people in the audience. I don't know. I says, okay, I want everybody to take out their phone right now. So everybody takes out their phone. I says, okay, I want you to go to your app store. They all go to the app store and it's like, okay, I want you to download the TuneIn Radio app. They all download us. Make sure you get the free version. Don't get the free trial. Get the free version. Mm-hmm. Get the free version. Show them how to do that. And uh, yeah, all up and running. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Did you show them how to favorite Faith FM Australia? Yes. And yes. it's their favorite. I just, I just was like talking them through. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you, you type Thank in you. Faith FM Australia. You search that. 
Mm-hmm. And they've all done that. And I was like, okay, you've all got that up on your screen now? Like, yep. Mm-hmm. I see that little heart symbol there. I says, press that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And the next thing you need to do... There's a lot of older people at this camp meeting, so oh, okay, they favourite yeah, it. They yeah. didn't even know why they were pressing the heart. I well, in that case... You Although some of these older people know more, way more about technology than... You should get them to also like go onto Facebook and Instagram and to follow us than to like all our posts. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah, showed them our YouTube channel. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely showed them the YouTube channel. Love it. And we're like, oh, wow, all these questions and answers. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I was super excited. So hopefully some of them will be sending in some questions for the question, question of, of the, the day. day. I had someone yesterday send me a whole list of them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They've been thinking about them over Christmas and New Year's while we were off air, and they were ready when we came back on, I'll tell you what. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, if you want to check out our socials, on Instagram, we are Faith FM Live, and if you want to check out our Facebook, it's Faith FM Australia, and our YouTube channel, just search for Faith FM Australia as well. You'll see all that good stuff popping up there, so when we're not on air, the show still goes on, incidentally. Okay, getting to our Bible study for today, we are in Revelation chapter 2 and we have just finished reading about the letter to the church in Ephesus and just a quick reminder, this is a prophecy, it is the first prophecy of the book of Revelation. Revelation begins with seven churches followed by seven seals followed by seven trumpets. Those are the first three prophecies of the book of Revelation. When you look at Revelation 2, you find uh, prophecies that are written as letters to churches. And so these can be read, read three different ways. A literal letter to a literal church in that literal location at that time, talking about specific events taking place in that church. Secondly, these are prophetic of seven different time periods through history. So obviously Ephesus, the first of these churches, is prophetic of the time period from uh, the time of Jesus through to about 100 AD. Uh, This next um, church that comes along then from a prophetic period is going to pick up in 100 AD and take you another couple of hundred years down through the history of Christianity. Uh, Of course, there is a spiritual aspect to all of these prophecies where there is a message for you and I. Let's jump into the second one of these prophecies here in chapter 2 and verse 8, please, Mon. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. Thank you. Okay. Smyrna. Smyrna, fun to say. Yes. Any idea where the word Smyrna may have come from? Well, my mind just went to vodka, so let's say yeah, no. Yeah, the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, not Russian? Not Russian? Nope. <laughs> no, nope. I've got no idea. Nope. Um, I'm not quite sure why your mind went there, but I'm not a drinker, so I wouldn't know. Well, but maybe Smyrnoff. Okay. All right, let's take out the S and the Mer-na. A. Mer. Mer? Oh, is it, oh, is this a place of mer? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You take the S and the A away. Is it like and a mer mine? Uh, I think mer is more involved in agriculture than okay. mining, isn't it? Yeah, it's like an, is it like an oil, right? Like a it's perfume? a herb. Oh, it's a herb. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now, here's the interesting thing oil, about mer. Yeah, it would have to come from a plant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the only way you can extract that sweet smell is by sacrificing the plant and crushing it. Oh, okay. Ooh, symbolism. Lots of symbolism. Wait, wait, wait. How do you know how do you know myrrh smells sweet? Have you actually, actually smelt it? Nope. Oh, probably. I don't know. Have you ever smelt frankincense? Probably. Okay. Because I've got some news for you. You don't like frankincense? 
Frankincense stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never smelt myrrh, but I do have um, some frankincense. All right. So if you have, uh, if you are a regular use user of essential myrrh yeah. as a incense, um, give us a call. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. Give us a. Uh, I'm wondering a word description. Our number is one eight hundred three two four eight four three. I'm wondering whether or not the frankincense oil that I purchased was just some like sort of a cheaper grade or something because it is quite rare. It's, it's quite Frank- expensive. M- frankincense and myrrh is famous as being like a really amazing aroma. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. It might be your taste. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, your taste, maybe because you're got German taste. and not Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, maybe. What 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 are good German smells? Uh, pine trees. Yep. Oh. Yeah, we actually like to burn a little pine um, around Christmas time like and the smoke fills the house. Cord Idol like. gunpowder or something. <laughs> Wild South. Oh, yeah, we love that gas chamber <laughs> smell. <laughs> the smell of gunpowder in the No, water. no, no. no. <laughs> but, yeah, so Smyrna is where myrrh comes from, huh? Yeah. Is it the mm-hmm. one place? Uh, no, okay. but famous for it and named after it. Very well. All right, so yes, very cryptic here when uh, this particular letter is addressed to this particular city where you have a plant that gives a sweet smell after you sacrifice the plant and crush it because of everything that is said in this letter. Jesus begins, how does Jesus introduce himself to the church in Smyrna? Every one of these churches has a specific introduction to it. What's the specific introduction to this church? This one says it's from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. Okay. That's significant. Yeah. Jesus tells this church, I'm the one who was dead and is alive. Why do you think that he might be introducing himself in that way? Well, just the same way that we read the other day about he is the first one to have risen from the dead, which he wasn't, but he's the most important one. Absolutely. I'm going to come back and talk about that. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is it encouraging to you as a Christian that Jesus was once dead and is now alive? Absolutely. And why does that give you encouragement? Because if I die, I know that he has the power to raise me from the dead because he's already done it. Okay. This is important because it has something to do with this particular letter. Why don't you read us another verse? Uh, Verse 9 says, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Ooh, strong language right here. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so this church is copying some heat, isn't it? That's the first thing you find right here in verse 9 is that uh, this church is copying some heat, but they're doing some good things. What good things do you find them doing in verse 9? In verse 9, I mean, they say they are Jews. Is that a good thing? No, 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 no. This is not the, the this is the people that are attacking them. Oh, these are the people attacking. Yeah. Okay. Um but they're doing some good things. Well they're suffering, they're afflicted with poverty. Oh, but they're rich. Ah, mm. they're rich. They're rich. Wait, rich in what? My my translation says, I know your works. Okay. And then God goes on to say positive things. So these are clearly positive works. So the first thing we find out about this church is that it is a hardworking church. Okay, works. Let's talk about works. Works has a bit of a bad rap. It does, doesn't it? In Christianity. In fact, yeah. when you hear the word works, you start to go, oh. Yeah, it's like, nah, forget this. Um, let's, you know, talk to somebody else right But now. works have their place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can you be a Christian without works? No. 
Absolutely not. Same way that Part you can't a be a Christian is because living of living a Christian life. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you who might be wondering, because we are talking a little bit of uh, Christianese we right are, here. We certainly are. Let's uh, define the Christianese for everybody. You have Within Christianity, you have uh, basically two ways of looking at salvation. So we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about Christian life. But when you look at salvation, some people say that you can be good enough to be saved. Mm-hmm. Some people say, I don't go to church because I'm not good enough. Um, it's actually quite rare that you come across somebody who has this kind of approach. Mostly this is the approach that you find outside of Christianity. Uh, but the simple reality is that um, you can never be good enough it's to true. be saved. Yeah. You can never be good enough to deserve salvation. And so somebody who says, I can do enough good things to be saved is what in Christian circles we call somebody who believes in salvation by works. By works, yeah. Or just for short, works. Works. Yeah. And sometimes you get people who live uh, very, very strict lives. Mm. And because of that, we often accuse them of, oh, you believe in salvation by works, therefore you're living a strict life. That may or may not be the case. Yeah. They may just like living that kind of life. Yeah. Um, And that's a, a, a lifestyle that suits them. Might be the one that works for them. What you do as a Christian does not necessarily have anything to do with what you believe about salvation. It's true. So you can live, find someone that lives like like strict, full on, hardcore, and they still believe in salvation by grace. They just like their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go hard. Um. Because there are the, many benefits to a strict lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there are people who would look at me and like, oh, I live such a strict lifestyle. And like, I look at myself and I'm so, I'm so slack. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all relative. Yeah, it's completely true. relative. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you have then you have other people. You know, well, the, the majority the of Christianity side. is people who believe in salvation by grace. Mm-hmm. So salvation is a free gift, and the reason that you live a righteous life is because you have received the free gift of salvation. It is a love response to God. But then you have people who go too far, that they say, well, salvation is not by works, so why would I try working at it at all? And they yeah, don't and they bother live, try being a good yeah. person. They uh, just, yeah. Like, I've given my life to God, tick that box, move on with my life, live a evil Do whatever life, I want, yeah. live however I want. Um, I can never lose my salvation. You do need to try to be good, but you don't need to be trying to be good to earn salvation. Yeah, <laughs> I had a little I'm, I'm having to think about it. I'm still having to think about. <laughs> I think about that one. Um, you just, need to just, do just qualify best. that for me. You need to do your best to live a Christian life. You need to. Yes. You need to. You need to fight against your evil inclinations. You need to try and yes. keep the Ten Commandments. That's what I'm saying. But you shouldn't be doing that because you think it's going to earn you salvation. That's what I'm saying. That's right. You shouldn't be like, I oh, did- I'm saved. I don't need to try being good. I need to try keeping. The- I need to try being faithful to my wife. I don't need to try not stealing packages of people's front doorsteps because I'm already saved. And who cares? Like that's the one extreme. Where the other extreme is white knuckling it, trying to earn yourself some salvation. Yeah. The, you know, it, it, I look at it like this. Before I became a Christian, I was doing a fine job of living an unrighteous life. Oh, yeah. I didn't need to become a Christian so that I could keep living that life. That's right. I needed to become a Christian so that Jesus could come into my life and change me into a new and different and better person. And that's what conversion means. Mm-hmm. 
conversion is changing for all of the for all of the all of the car nuts out there all the petrol heads know what the word conversion means <laughs> yeah they do because we do what's called engine conversions as where you take the heart out of the car you throw it away you put a new heart in there that beats harder and stronger than the previous one and you are up and running. It's a new vehicle now. So many people in Newcastle right now are so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great great car culture here in yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, such petrol head life over here. It's the best. I'm so glad I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, can soak myself in, 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 in petrol head associations. It's just the best. All right. So... Um, we got we got way off track. We here. are so off track. We're talking about works, yeah, works and salvation and, and the church and grace Smyrna. They are hardworking church, and they are commended for being a hardworking church. This is not a church that was working to get salvation. Okay, so they're not being accused of anything. No, here. no, no. Okay, they are commended. So this is a church that has found Jesus Christ, and because they have found Jesus Christ, they're like, yes, we're going to throw everything behind our life for Jesus mm-hmm, Christ. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they are copping some heat. Yeah. Oh, are people accusing them of being workers? Like, work- no, well, you're going to find out as we go through here. They are copying some serious heat. Oh. But first of all, you're going to find that they are poor. Okay. It's an interesting um, cycle that you will find in Christianity. But my Bible right here says they're rich. Yes. It says right here. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. Okay. So how can you be both dirt poor and fabulously wealthy at the same time, Mon? Uh, is it poor in stuff and money and rich in spiritual gifts? Absolutely. Ah. Yeah. The Bible says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths will not eat it and rust will not corrode it away. Ah, yes, treasures in heaven. Because, you know, coins back in the old days and um, money and wealth and that kind of stuff, could very, very easily tarnish and disappear. What exactly are treasures in heaven? When I was a little girl and I heard the expression treasures in heaven, I literally thought that, like, I don't know, every time you did something good, like you get another pink diamond stuck in your treasure chest that you get to keep when you get to heaven. Yeah, pink diamonds are kind of like um, paving stones in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) So that when you get to heaven, there's like a treasure chest waiting for you and it's kind of like the payout for all the work you did on earth and you open the treasure chest and it's full of like like a pirate's booty kind of a thing, a loot. I've got to tell you this story and I'm hoping to get this guy on the radio uh, maybe later this week. But I've just got to tell you the story. My friend David Farm was starting up a health retreat in Malaysia and just desperately, desperately poor and desperately in need of funds. And, uh, you know, as is so often the case. And he's praying to God one day in his morning prayer. And he's like, and it's going through his head. And he's thinking, God, you know, gold in heaven is just paving stones. Couldn't you just, you know, kick one or two of them down over the edge for me, please? We need some gold. And so he prays for gold. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. So there's this woman who's been to his uh, his health retreat, um, his little old small one, and she's dying. She's got cancer. It's terminal. Yeah. Um, her maid, because she's at the point where she has to have you know full time assistance. She's living in Singapore. She has to have full time assistance, and so the, her, her assistant um, is there with her, and. Um, and, you know, cleaning up the house. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm getting the story mixed up. Her mother passed away. I see. 
And so she sends her assistant over to her mother's house to clean up the house to, you know, sell off the goods and to, you know, get the estate taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while her assistant is over there cleaning up, her assistant finds um, a safe hidden under the floor of the house that none of the family knew anything about. No one knew it existed. Wow. Opens it up. It's not locked or anything. Opens it up and it's full of <gasps> gold. Are you serious? <laughs> it's full of gold. And so she rings David up. She's like, yeah, I've got one or two months left to live. This is all yours. <laughs> he prays for gold. The next day, he literally Has gets gold. gold. Oh, and the best part of it was, of course, you know, here's this, here's this maid. She's not a wealthy person. She's in this house all by herself. The family knows nothing oh, honest about girl. the existence of this gold. She struggles with it until midnight. Oh, wow. And then she calls at midnight and like, yeah, okay, I found this. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. Because she, she could have done the wrong thing and then messed up God's plan. But yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, <laughs> David was, uh, I've got to get him on the radio to tell stories. He just told one story after another, after another, like this all Amen. weekend. Um, I think he gave us like four hours of stories. Oh wow! Yeah, we definitely get him on the radio. And it was just, it was just so faith inspiring. It was it really prayed for some paving, and he got it. Some yeah, he got he heavenly got paving. He got some. Uh, anyway, so they, yeah, they, they are spiritually rich. But then the Bible goes on to talk about the blasphemy of those that belong to the synagogue of Satan. And uh, um, yeah, this is this is going to be a much heavier subject that we're going to get into um, once we come back from our 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 music um, our music break, which is we're coming up right now. So this is Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith. Marvel not at what I say.
was Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith here on Faith FM, and uh, my wife was uh, just texting me with reminding me some of the details. I'm not good on details, you know. Ah, but that's what was. And remembering conversations. (laughs) And she's like, okay, when they found the gold, there was actually two people cleaning the house together. Okay. And they discussed about it until midnight to, uh, and and then decided to do two of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh mercy. Yeah. That's not great. You think between the two of them, one would hold the other accountable. Because I have this, I have like, yeah, but you know, Singapore is a pretty secular kind of place, and uh, you would it would have to make you stop and think. Yeah, but praise but God. I think it's knows, fantastic. Everyone I think it's knows great. that stealing is wrong. Yeah, that's true. I think it's great yeah. that they did the right thing. Yeah, I think it's sensational. Together. I mean, and, it's a bit like when I when I when I pick up hitchhikers, I rarely pick up one, but I'll pick up the, a pair or a group because I feel like you know if one of them has evil designs, okay, but if it's unlikely that it's more unlikely for people to have to colluded together. To find two like-minded criminals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, oh. so good on them for doing the right thing. Anyway, anyway. Back on track. Too much on details track. on the story. It was a great story. It's whichever way you look at it. All right. Those who belong to the synagogue of Satan and are not. Mine, the Bible says, in my translation, the Bible says, uh, which say they are Jews and are not, but belong to the synagogue of Satan. Why, why would the Bible be worried about Jewish people at this point? This is the Christian church. This is, uh, you know. Is it spiritual 90 Jews? 90 AD. All right, so spiritual Israel. Let's talk about spiritual Israel. Who is spiritual Israel? Uh, anyone who wants to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So spiritual Israel is anyone who 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 claims to be a Christian. Uh, the Bible says that uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the Bible says, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are a descendant of Abraham. So what does it mean then, if this is talking about spiritual Israel, what does it mean? It would simply it would simply read, those who claim to be Christians and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. What, is, what, what is that? You know, someone synagogue claimed, of Satan sounds so dastardly, yeah, it doesn't does, it? It does, yeah. But yeah. anyway, what does it mean to, be, to claim they're Christians and are not? Is this is this basically people who are doing either one of the two extremes that we just outlined? One where they're working for their salvation, and one where they just uh, are indifferent to it. You're thinking too deep. Sorry, my bad. Is Sometimes it- revelation is not deep at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Just hypocrites. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just hypocrites. Pewarmers. People who say they're Christians and are not. Okay. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the here's the here's the heavy thought for him on. Think about this. Mm. If let's say if I let's say I went down to Sydney, yeah, Newtown, yeah, and joined the Church of Satan. Okay, that would be pretty heavy. That would be extremely extraordinarily. That would crazy. be a scandal. Yep, and something that would probably become known in many parts of the world mm-hmm. uh, as today's society. Yeah. Because, you know, a big scandal like that is going to go pretty hard. When you swing from one side to the other like that, absolutely. All right. And it would, you know, people would be horrified. Yeah. And, and justifiably so. And devastated. I'd be heartbroken. Devastated and horrified and heartbroken. Yeah. yeah. All of the above. All right. You know, if you did this, I would totes chase you down. But just saying, go on. Okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't got a chance. Don't ever join the church of Satan. I'd be so on your case. <laughs> yep. Good. I'm glad to know that, Mon. <laughs> yeah, you're um, getting away with that. 
All right. So then let's think about this then. What about if I just became a hypocrite and a hypocritical Christian? That's that's a really extreme scenario of you joining the... So what you're saying, you have here's, one here's what I'm saying. party. Here's what I'm saying. If you're a hypocritical Christian, according to the Bible, That's you're sitting done. in the church just as a pew warmer, mm-hmm. and you're living Christianity on the outside but not on the inside, the Bible's saying it's the equivalent of joining Satan's church. Wow. Okay, that's really intense. Yeah. Far out. Would you chase me down just as wow. intensely if I was just a hypocrite? That's really inspiring some soul searching right there. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. That makes you look uh-huh. at your shortcomings in a different it does, light, doesn't and it? And oh, this ouch. is what this ouch, passage ouch, is ouch. talking about right now. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh. Mm-hmm. Where am I? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do I belong to the church of Satan already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the question you ask yourself. Yeah. yeah. And this is why this passage is in the Bible. You know, there are um, quite a number of these kinds of passages in the Bible. The Bible says that the Word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. You know, the Bible is described as lots of things. It's described as food. We all all enjoy food. Mm -hmm. We don't enjoy swords. No. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you're going to be fed. Uh Everybody loves to go to church to be fed and to come away like, oh, I got some great spiritual food today. I've never seen anyone walk out of church and say, oh, I got a great stab with a sharp sword today. (laughs) That last cut was really great. Nobody likes to be cut. But sometimes, if you if you read the Bible and all you ever get is food and you never get a sharp cut every now and then, you're not reading the Bible close enough. It's not yeah, it's no. that simple. The Bible is here to cut sometimes and to cut away the sin out of our life. That's right. And to, and to, and to encourage us to be better people. And so this is why you've got some strong statements like this right here. Do you belong to the church of Satan already, even while you are sitting in a church pew? It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. We need to do some intense personal personal soul searching yeah. and answer that question. And ask, ask the Lord to help us to do that as well. Absolutely. The Bible goes on and it says, Fear none of those. Actually, read it, verse 10. Verse 10 says, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death... I will give you the crown of life. Thank you. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, this is pretty intense. And, and, and the whole le- message to the church in Smyrna is definitely intense because, you know, you have this, this, this whole message here of persecution and imprisonment and death. And the Bible is saying, okay, so there's some pretty heavy stuff coming your direction. Uh, but don't be afraid of that. By the way, how long do they get thrown in jail? How long are they persecuted for? Ten days, it says. Ten days. Mm. And if you look at this time period in history, this is a time period of very intense persecution against the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Uh, persecution by Imperial Rome. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, that persecution, you have a certain purifying of the church. God doesn't say anything bad against this church. It's one of only two churches in out of all seven, that God has nothing bad to say against it. Wow. And one of the reasons for that, of course, is that 
when all Christians have a gun to their head, the only ones that are really left are those who are really sincere about their Christianity and who are really believe in Jesus Christ. They're the ones who aren't. Persecution, pers- persecution purifies the church. Lack of persecution corrupts the church. In Western society, how long is it since we have faced serious persecution? Oh, it's been decades. Decades. If not, centuries. Mm -hmm. What does it say about Christianity? We must be full of people who are in the Church of Satan. Yeah, we're going to come come back and talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, We're going to give more detail on uh, this time of persecution. But Mon, you got something for us there just to finish off with? Before we move on to our question of the day, let us end this segment with the last clue for our quiz. What city am I? Jesus was born in this city. Mm, come on, where was Jesus born? We all know the answer to that one. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. You can win the prize this morning. Away, and I felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days, and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place, and I have held your blessings, God, you give and take away. No matter what I have, your grace is
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back, guys. That was Anna Beden with Genuine Love here on Faith FM. And what I can see, but what you all can't see at the moment, is that Mon is not here. We have Marta in the studio who is videoing for us today and uh, videoing the question of the day. Um, and I nearly forget, forget, forgot to press the buttons to make the sound come on. So I did this whole introduction. I was like, wait a minute, I'm talking to nobody right here because Mon usually presses those buttons. Anyway, the question has come in. Question of the day. Uh, it's, it's a fairly extensive question. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep this as brief as possible. The question is, what happens after the millennium? So you've got the millennium in the Bible. That's a 1,000-year period. What happens at the end of the millennium? Well, there are some very dramatic events that the Bible talks about taking place at the end of the millennium. Let's read about them. The Bible says in verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be set free from his prison. So the first thing that happens, and we could talk about that, we don't have time, is that Satan is set free. Obviously, he now has the opportunity to be able to go out and to deceive again, because if he does not have that opportunity, then he's not truly free. The thing, the event that has brought around that opportunity, of course, is the resurrection of the wicked, the great resurrection of the wicked. The Bible says, you know, when Jesus comes back, that there's a resurrection that takes place. Uh, But then in verse 5, it says, but the rest of the dead, in other words, those who were not resurrected when Jesus came back, they don't live again until the end of the thousand years. So the end of the thousand years, they resurrected. Satan is set free. He goes out to deceive them in verse 8 and to gather them together to battle. The Bible says the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So there's a lot of these people are being deceived. So what's he deceiving them into? Obviously, this has nothing to do with salvation because they are already lost. He cannot deceive them in relationship to their salvation. They are already deceived. He deceives them into taking the new Jerusalem. The Bible says they went up on the surface of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And so this is um, introduces us to another event that has taken place at the end of the thousand years. We find that at this point in time, the New Jerusalem, God's city, has come down and is now on the earth. And the wicked go up and surround it. And Satan has deceived them like, yeah, yeah, you can go and take that city. We outnumber them. Let's go and have it for ourselves. The Bible says that fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And so that's the short version of what takes place at the end of the thousand years. The Bible then does a bit of a backtrack and gives you some detail as to what actually happens when they come up and surround the city. You see, it says that in verse 11, there was a great white throne. And of course, God is sitting on the throne. In verse 12, it says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Uh, Death and the grave gave up, delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, everyone according to their works. And death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whoever was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So what you've got here is a final judgment that takes place. And this is important to understand. You have a judgment that takes place before Jesus comes back, uh, because when he comes back, he brings his reward with him. You have a judgment that takes place while we are in heaven, and the purpose, you know, open court before Jesus comes back. The whole universe sees that God is just and all-loving. Judgment in heaven, we all see that God is just, perfect, and all-loving. And then, just in case 
there is any possibility that God has made a mistake, God says, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll resurrect the wicked. I'll give them their day in court. If any of them has anything to say, if any of them wants to put up their hand and say, actually, you got it wrong and here is the evidence, I will give them that opportunity. Of course, all they do is bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when the wicked bow down and confess that God is just and that God is merciful and that God is all-loving, when they confess that there is no possibility that a righteous God could save them. This is the last act in removing all doubt from anywhere in the universe that God is just, God is merciful, and God is all-loving. This is, this is how God accomplishes bringing sin to an end for eternity in a way that it will never come back without removing people's power of choice. We will always have the power of choice to sin if we want, but we never will sin because we have seen the results of it for ourselves and seen God's way. This is Jeremy Kent. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you can have all this world. Just give me cheese 
You're listening to Jeremy Camp with Give Me Jesus here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show and Mon had to run off to the doctor. She had to get her shots for uh, her trip to Africa in preparation for that. And uh, so you've just got me to finish off with today and I have a very special giveaway for you. This book is called Bothersome and Disturbing Bible Passages by Louis Torres. And Louis Torres, of course, was a uh, very famous musician uh, with uh, Bill Haley and the Comets back in the day, uh, but uh, of course became a, uh, a significant evangelist, um, working really right around the world in many, many different parts of the world, and has put this together, which goes through, really, you know, it begins in Genesis. Oh, let me see here. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25, it begins with, and it just goes through the Bible. Uh, there is, uh, what, about 173? Odd pages here ends in Revelation 22 and verse 15, answering your questions on bothersome and disturbing Bible passages. And so you have two ways of getting your answers. You can send them in here, of course, for question of the day, uh, where we will answer them for you uh, from the Bible on air. Or if you've got a lot more questions than you can be bothered waiting for, you can call in on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Be the first caller through. And this book is yours and you can get all of your questions pretty much answered all at once. Of course, Louis Torres uh, found Christianity back in 1968 and has been preaching that ever preaching Christianity ever since. Um, and, uh, yeah, it says on the back here that his, his changed life drove him to a joyous life of ministry. Um, in his encounter with, with different faiths, he was amazed at how many Bible texts were taken out of context or twisted to fit people's ideas. It was the wrenching of the scriptures that has led to so many different Christian denominations and has divided that faith that the Bible pronounces as one Lord, one faith. And one baptism. This book will give insight into the way Bible texts are taken and what they actually say. You'll be amazed at the discrepancy between what some churches teach and what the Bible says. That's a, uh, a fantastic little book for you right there by Louis Torres. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. And don't forget, if you would like to do one of our courses, we have about 17 different Bible courses that are available. Uh, Bible courses, lifestyle courses, children's courses, uh, even a course on archaeology, course on prayer, course on so many different courses that you can do. Get a certificate for them. Uh, once again, give us a call and you can do one of our courses for free. Our number once again, one 800 
upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face.